Good afternoon. Welcome to Screen Cleaning. My name is Jeff Simpson. And my name is Cole Wessinger. And you may hear a bit of, t- of a delay on today's show, and that's because we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and, and keeping our distance from one another. Isn't that right, Cole? Socially, you might say. Yeah, yeah. But we're still very much one in purpose here on Screen Cleaning, a show that spot or shines a big old spotlight on all that is good in entertainment. And really, we need this now more than ever, Cole. We need to focus on what's good in the world. Am I right? And there has been plenty of good to talk about. It's It's been interesting doing this show, talking about entertainment. Normally, our news segment is full of what movies are coming out this week and what new trailers are we getting? And there's still a little bit of that. But it's been different kind of news. And I think it's kind of refocused our mission on finding the really, really good news out there. It's It's been a fun month you know i mean it's been a tragic month for for a lot of a lot of reasons and so it's been it's been really good spiritually for me to be able to come to this show on a friday and uh take a look at the positives right and usually we talk about how how other shows and just in hollywood in general it's so easy to focus on the negative and you see all these articles about you know people breaking up and all these terrible lawsuits that are going on the hot but gossip i i feel like people are becoming united and they're realizing that this is not what people want to hear about people want to focus on the good and so you're seeing lots of examples of people sharing messages of hope coming together even in a place like hollywood which i think is pretty spectacular <laughs> so just as you said there are a lot of a lot of tragedies coming out of this coronavirus pandemic but we we need to focus on the silver linings too so that we can make it through and get through this together and we're so excited to continue to record even during this pandemic and today we have something that we're super excited about and you know you hear about spring cleaning and and you hear about screen cleaning <laughs> i think yeah we've and, definitely heard of spring cleaning it's a little bit of the inspiration right and Oddly enough, we're getting around to spring cleaning. We never thought that when we would get around to spring cleaning that we would be forced to stay inside. And so one of the things that you might do as you're cleaning up your home while you're quarantined is, you know, you might dust things off, the light fixtures, tables. You might uh, clean all the bathrooms around the house. But what about the cabinets or the shelves Hold all your movies. Do you have them in sleeves? Do you have them in a big binder? How do you store all of your movies? Or are they just all digital? Well, we're going to talk about some of the movies that Cole and I own physical copies of. And we're going to do a little dusting of those movies and talk about some of the ones we haven't seen in a while. Talk about some of the ones that if we were to have a physical shelf, we would put them up there. And then Believe it or not, we might even own some movies that we've never even watched before. So that's all coming up later on the program. But one of the things that we do each and every time when we do screen cleaning is to focus on some of the good news that's come out uh, this past week. And just like you said, Cole, there's quite a lot. What do you, what do we want to focus on first? So let's start off. A lot of networks are trying to find things to do because they're starting to run out of that original programming. And USA had a hit on their hands about 10 years ago called Psych. And they've gotten into the spirit of Zoom meetings and all that by playing currently a psych marathon every single day just back to back to back to back to back to back which is easy programming for whoever's in charge of that kind of thing but they've also had you know the stars get on and and you know comment and look back and they're live tweeting the whole thing and it's fun and it's also coinciding with promoting a new psych movie there will be the second psych movie since the last season aired called Lassie Come Home uh, that will be coming out this summer <laughs> and we Let's got a and we got home. our first trailer for it also just this weekend as as part of all this marathon and everything else going on. Okay. Well, I mean, if that didn't do it for you, there are a couple of shows that are coming out on the new streaming service, The Peacock. But first of all, Cole, what is The Peacock? Right. So The Peacock will be the home of this new psych movie. It won't be 
well, maybe it will, but it's definitely going to the Peacock. Uh, and it's a free streaming service that's tied to NBC Universal. Their logo at NBC is the little Peacock, and, and NBC Universal is the one that owns USA Network and, and a few other subsidiaries. They're also part of Xfinity, if you want to get into the monopoly of it all. But uh, it, the Peacock will be free, a place where you can stream all the old NBC shows. Uh, they were originally coming out in July in time for the Tokyo Olympics because NBC is where we tune in to see the Olympics. Uh, the Olympics have been postponed until next year, so I've been kind of curious if they're going to maybe try to push up their debut because it seemed like they were debuting for that uh, and they were advertising all the live sports you can see on it. Uh that's not there for them, and so maybe they do push it up for us here in Corona, but they might not. Anyway, that's it's just going to be your home for NBC content. You're sad that Parks and Rec and The Office, they're leaving Netflix. Uh, you can, you'll have to tune over to The Peacock to see them in the future. As well as a couple of other shows that you grew up with, and these two yeah, were that you completely... Grew up with. Well, yeah, I grew up with one of these... Actually, I grew up with both of these. I don't even know if you were old enough to see any either of these when they were originally on TV. Sort of. But the, Pe- the Peacock is also doing reboots of Saved by the Bell, because why not? They've done several spinoff shows of that, and uh, it's always been a huge hit for, for NBC. And this one stars adult Mario Lopez and adult Elizabeth Hurley. And I, I think it looks like Mario Lopez is like a gym teacher or something. He's got and... the old Slater, like his wrestling jersey, I guess, hanging up behind him in his office. Yeah. And I believe his kid and Zach Morris's kid go to school together. And wouldn't you know what? They're butting heads. And I think Zach Morris is in politics. So there will at least be a Zach Morris or Mark Paul Gosler cameo because that he was tweeting out pictures of himself putting on the Zach Morris wig and getting into makeup. So that will at least be good for a chuckle. Um, the other one that is even older than saved by the bell. If you can believe that is punky Brewster. Do you even know what punky Brewster is Cole? I mean, I have heard I'm, I'm a media literate person. And so I do know that punky Brewster was a television show, but beyond that, I know nothing. Okay. <laughs> Well, I don't remember Freddie Prinze Jr. being on it, but he's in this iteration and it's got the actress that originally played Punky Brewster. So there's that to look forward to as well. Um, And a little bit of sad news, but certainly not surprising news. And really, it's just each and every week we could just add to this list, right? Because as things are postponed or canceled or, hey, we're actually going to put this on Disney Plus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no surprise when you we get more announcements. And the latest announcement we got was that Pixar's movie Soul, which was going to be released in June, is now going to be released in November. Smart move, not surprising. And uh, now it just means we'll have one more thing to look forward to. Right, Cole? Yeah, spring releases, it wasn't too surprising that they were moving them back or or postponing them until next year. Spring movies aren't, you know, the the staples, the tent poles of your blockbuster season. But now that summer movies are starting to move as well, it's getting a lot more attention because these are the bigger movies that we were excited for anyway. Yeah. Can you imagine how big... This holiday season will be, Cole, when everybody's going to the movies again. They're, we're going to have like 50 movies to choose from. It's going to be awesome. Or maybe they won't do that because, you know, they have to compete with one another. But they're going to have to start spreading gonna, them out. We're I mean, see some Fast 9 already said we're waiting until 2021. Uh, that's but right. yeah, some of them still want to get them in, you know, for the Thanksgiving or for Christmas. Yeah. Well, let's talk about one of those movies that decided to take the route of let's just release it on digital trolls world tour has become the highest grossing digital title in movie history. It had the biggest opening day and biggest weekend grosses for an on-demand movie. So, you know, they don't, they're not releasing exact numbers, but they are saying that uh, trolls world tour did 10 times the business of the past record holder, 
Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Now, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom had been in the movie theaters. It had had its shot, made all its money. So, but still, I mean, that's that's encouraging, especially for some of these companies that are worried about recouping some of the money that they, you know, some of the millions of dollars that they put into these movies. Maybe this is another option going forward. Maybe we'll start seeing more of this. What do you think? Cole? Well, it's good press, right? That Trolls World Tour is now at the top of that list. But until they release what the actual numbers were, it's still going to be nothing in comparison to what it had been if it was in the theaters. And so, you know, you talk about all the movies that are trying to push back and still get their theatrical releases. They are still going to make a lot more, even if they have to all compete with each other and, and we're all fighting for what, what we're going to see in November, they're still going to make more than what Trolls World Tour could have possibly made in just that instant download. It, it's cool press and it kind of gets maybe more people to check it out because, hey, it's number one and, and it's that kind of Netflix effect where, hey, if everyone's watching Tiger King, I better go watch Tiger King too. But you know, so if everyone's watching Trolls World Tour, maybe they'll get a few more bonus ones for it, but it's still not going to be as much as they would get if there were butts in theater seats. You know, it's so funny you say that because um, I probably saw 10 seconds of a trailer for Tiger King <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, I don't think that's for me. And yet everybody keeps talking about it. And like you said, that you just there's a psychological thing to it, you know, or maybe even a social thing where it's like, Oh, well, I, I guess, I guess I better check it out. Right. I have not checked it out yet, but, uh, it's certainly one that, that people are talking about. I certainly did. I, I love these weird true crime ish kind of docu series. If that's not your style, but you're still looking for a docu series, uh, sports have been canceled until the, until the foreseeable future. But the MJ documentary, the Michael Jordan, the Last Dance documentary, the 10-part series from ESPN has been pushed up a little bit. It's being released digitally, and it starts this Sunday, where you can watch parts one and part two. Uh, in documentary and sports fashion, there is a lot of swearing, but on ESPN2, they'll be airing a clean version of it. And on the other ESPN and available on streaming, you can watch the, the full uncut version. That's really cool uh, for, you know, listeners of our program and people interested in that, that they are having two different cuts of it. Uh, and then, you know, it's another, it's a, it's a documentary series. If, if OJ in America, the five part series wasn't enough for you, we got 10 parts on Michael Jordan coming your way. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, Speaking of breaking records, we talked about Trolls World Tour. There's another record that's been broken on YouTube. And I remember uh, on Easter Sunday, I was getting texts about this all day. People so excited that Andrea Bocelli was doing an Easter performance on YouTube. And it, you can really tell. I'm not surprised when I saw some of the numbers that came from this performance. The biggest audience for a classical live stream in YouTube history reached over 2.8 million peak concurrent viewers. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah, that is it. That's a ton. And it wasn't even the only thing to watch on Easter trying to go along with the holiday. Andrew Lloyd Webber has been launching his new YouTube channel and been playing old of his musicals as well, including Jesus Christ Superstar, uh, had a very large following uh, on its YouTube stream last weekend. Yeah. Well, plenty of options of things that we can stream these days. It's crazy. Uh, before I get to the piece of news that I am most excited about, Cole, also is there musical anything else related. we should be talking about? No, I think I think we're ready for it. I okay. You Are you ready? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Because the entire time I was watching this video, I just had this giant grin on my face. And there were even a couple of times when I laughed out loud. It was so entertaining. So tonight, there's a very special event going on. It is a live benefit that you can stream on YouTube. And it's going to feature the original I, don't, I shouldn't say the original, the only, all four of the band members from the band The Wonders. Are you familiar with The Wonders, Cole? Oh, I am, because I grew up on 1960s music, except this wasn't 
totally authentic 60s music. It just was made to sound like it. Yes. The Wonders are the fictional band from the movie That Thing You Do. And they're holding a benefit to uh, raise money for coronavirus relief tonight. It's actually, Cole, I think you were aware of this, but uh, the songwriter of That Thing You Do just passed away from the coronavirus. He was only 52. And so these cast members are getting together and they're going to watch the movie and do commentary on it. And there will be some guests. I believe Liv Tyler and Giovanni Rabisi will also be there. Who knows? Maybe Tom Hanks will be there. And uh, maybe even Charlize Theron, who this was this was like one of her first things that she did. They could all be <laughs> there. Thing she did. Leading up to that, just before we started recording this show, Cole, I had a huge dumb grin on my face watching this 18-minute interview uh, that Variety did with all four of the band members from The Wonders. And it was so much fun to reminisce. This is such a great movie that maybe we'll even talk about later on the program. But if you've got nothing else to do tonight at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, then you should definitely check it out. Even if you have something to do, I might have plans, but I want to try to rearrange things so that I can be there watching uh, The Wonders and again, come it, back together. It is kind of in honor of Adam Schlesinger. Is his name, the songwriter for That Thing You Do. He's been all over TV, uh, you know, writing songs as well. He's He was one of the band members of Fountains of Wayne, which is known for their one hit song, Stacy's Mom, uh, to also bring it back to The Wonders. And also he was one of the songwriters for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, a show that was on the CW uh, that I really enjoyed. It's a musical show, and so the music was such an important part of it. He's part of it that brought it to life, uh, passed away far too early because of the coronavirus, one of the, the stars that we've lost yeah well that's coming up tonight like we said or that's coming up and i'm sure if you don't catch it live i'm sure they'll make the link available after the fact but cole enough of this digital talk you know it's interesting years ago when we were trying to come up with a name for this show we just kept coming back to screen cleaning and one of the comments that was made was well it sounds like spring cleaning and yeah, that was the whole purpose the behind it, right? That's and, the joke. And uh, for the first time ever, Cole, on our show, we're going to do some spring cleaning on screen cleaning because we're going to open up our cupboards, open up our DVD folders, take a look at some of the movies that we own and see what needs to be dusted off and see what needs to be preserved and kept a little more clean And uh, that's all coming up on the show. This is Screen Cleaning, the Spring Cleaning Edition. Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. You're probably wondering, why on earth are we coming back to the show with the theme song from Downton Abbey? No, Jeffrey. This one's The (laughs) X-Files. We've been through this. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure that was Downton Abbey. If you were to play those two songs side by side, you would see that they were identical. Uh, Ish. Anyway, welcome back to Screen Cleaning quarantine edition right we have a very special episode today where we're doing something called dusting off the dvds which is perfectly in line with some of the spring cleaning you're likely doing since it's that time of year and also because you've got nowhere else to go right and and because you've watched everything else on your shelves and so now you're you're so deep in your quarantine library that you gotta dust off the ones that you don't normally watch and and this is where we're at (laughs) Right. And if you're not aware, a DVD is a movie that you can watch on a round disc and you insert that into something called a DVD player, which is a mechanical device. 
that allows you to watch that DVD. Are we so far into the digital age that we have to describe these? Now, I have a lot of VHSs in my collection. I I can understand maybe explaining to the kids what those are and and how they came in little That's one too many acronyms for this discussion. And I I hope I didn't come off as condescending. But uh, yeah, we just we just don't really watch DVDs anymore, right? I do. I don't. I. I. You. We were talking about our different collections and and how literal we were going to take dusting off the DVDs. I do not own a single movie on digital, uh, except for one. I, I never. I will talk about the one movie I own on digital, sort of later on. But I really love the idea of the physical movie and showing on my shelf. What movies I love. Yeah, me too. And we'll talk more about that later too. If we could pick the movie of the movies that we own and wanted to show off to our friends, which ones would make that shelf? But for now, let's just talk about actually dusting off some of these DVDs that haven't had much love lately, that there's nothing wrong with them. And in fact, these are actually pretty good movies. So why haven't we watched them more? And maybe it's an opportunity for us to do just that. So we came in with The X-Files because this is a movie that I've had sitting in my DVD folder for many, many years. And uh, I remember watching it a lot when it came out. When it came out, it was a big hit. It, It came out during the time that the TV series was going super strong. And my wife watched the show. I did not. But I have seen this movie. She has not. Hmm. And for the life of me, I cannot convince her to watch the X-Files movie with me, which is a shame because it's a really good movie, or at least I remember it being a really good movie. And it's one of those movies that you can enjoy on its own merits. I didn't I had not seen the TV show, so I was not familiar with some of the characters that had cameos in the movie but I still felt like I enjoyed it on its own merits. And a lot of these shows that are crossovers or spinoffs or, you know, remakes, um, it you can't say that about all of those. So I that's one maybe we should dust off and check out again, The X-Files. Yeah, a, a theme as I was trying to think of what I was going to do is it's a movie that I saw one time and I remember writing down that I love this movie, but for whatever reason I haven't been back around to see it again. And so my first selection is Election from 1999. Really? I was going through a fa- because I've I've often proclaimed that 1999 is my favorite year in movies of all time and I've seen The Matrix and Fight Club and American Beauty like 10 or 15 times each and and a few others and and one that I know that you're going to be mentioning here as well. Uh, But Election, as I was just kind of watching, trying to watch every movie from 1999 ever, is one that just jumped out at me. And it was on your recommendation. And I I thought it was so amazing, but I had just watched it kind of in the middle of watching five or six other movies from that year. And I remember thinking specifically, this is great. But then I just moved on to the very next movie. I think I watched another one right after it. And now it kind of gets muddled in my brain to where I want to go back and watch it again and see, like, what it was that I loved so much about it. Because I can't – I don't have specifics for you. It's tough for me to talk about because it was a while ago that I saw it and it just got lost there. But I do want to see it again. Yeah. And, you know, it should be noted that election – If you're going to watch it, you either want to watch it edited or with the kids completely out of the room. It's uh, for me, it's kind of a spiritual sequel to the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And you don't have to look too far to make that connection. Um, Another one for me, speaking of aliens and the X-Files, was a movie that I felt was really underrated. It came out in 1996. It was a Tim Burton movie that... I thought it knew what kind of a movie it was. It was kind of paying homage to these old B movies about aliens and scientists. And it was a movie called Mars Attacks! Exclamation point. And the marketing, I just remember loving the marketing for this movie. They did such an amazing job of highlighting all these 
big movie stars that are in this movie that have top billing and they maybe have like two or three minutes of screen time because their character (laughs) dies or they're just kind of a walk on roll. But it's such a fun, bizarre movie. And I love the device that is used to ultimately take out these aliens. You really owe it to yourself to check out Mars Attacks if you haven't. And, you know, it could be one of those movies, I I will admit at least, that you either love it or hate it. And I actually kind of love it. I've got another sci-fi entry, and it kind of connects well with the X-Files. My parents had I got my love of movies and television honestly cuz it came from them and and they had a lot of VHS tapes in our upstairs in just these giant they were diaper boxes just full of taped VHSs from television and they had a collection of some of their favorite TV shows that they had just taped and I remember loving them as a kid, and I just haven't been back to see some of these shows like Babylon 5 or Battlestar Galactica. I remember so distinctly that, huh. you know, along with old episodes of Doctor Who and old episodes of the original Star Trek, that my parents have every single episode. Nowadays, we're so used to streaming and we can binge really easily. I grew up binging because we had all of these taped from TV, but I haven't been back to watch them recently, and Battlestar Galactica especially, the original one, and maybe the reboot too, I would love to revisit, and I know that they're sitting, you know, in in my upstairs in my parents' house anytime I want to go back to them. Okay. And they're they're ones that definitely do have dust on them, where I would literally be dusting off the tapes if I were going to do that one. (laughs) Let's let's stick with the the science fiction theme we've got going on here and let's get back to your favorite year in cinema 1999. Yes. This is an animated film, one of the uh one of the first features of director Brad Bird. You probably know him from The Simpsons, but more likely you know him from some of the Pixar movies that he would go on to direct. I know this him from film... this movie specifically, one of my favorites really? of all time. Oh, yeah. And this is a film that any person that is into animation is into the Iron Giant. Yes. Right. And this is another film where uh, Vin Diesel has, you know, very minimal dialogue and he's just paid all this money to just do a voiceover. And this is a film with a really solid story again kind of harking back to those olden times of the 50s and the and the cold war fear that that everybody had going on so it's this otherworldly iron giant just like the title says who befriends this little boy and it wouldn't be a movie in this genre without a bad guy right or without somebody trying to thwart and dehumanize this iron giant Great cast, Jennifer Aniston, Harry Connick Jr., Vin Diesel we mentioned. And uh, it's one to check out if you haven't seen. I can't believe we haven't revisited this film more than we have. I have this VHS tape sitting on my shelf at home right now. Uh, It's in that clamshell, big white VHS case sitting next to some of my Disney movies and some of the other kids' movies of that era. One of my personal favorites, a Disney movie that I had when I was a kid. This is one of my first memories of getting a movie as a present from my parents. Also came in one of those nice white clamshells and and is a Disney movie that's underappreciated is The Black Cauldron. Um, I have watched every Disney movie uh, at least 10 times, animated Disney movie from my childhood, because we would just go through them over and over again when I was a kid. But I remember skipping this one, and, and I remember specifically when I got it for my birthday... I was really, really disappointed, um, but I pretended uh-huh. to be excited because that's what you're supposed to do with a present. And I was really, really nice to my parents. And I was so little and it was probably really, really cute and they could see right through it. But the Black Cauldron is one that every time we would get to it, it, it came out somewhere in the 80s, somewhere around like the Great Mouse Detective or the Rescuers or Oliver and Company. And, and whenever we would get to that in our watching of Disney movies I remember skipping over it. So I've only seen it maybe once or twice. And it's one that I think deserves to get dusted off and watching again. You know, 
the one time I've watched it since being a little, little kid, I remember liking it. I love sword and fantasy epics. I love The Lord of the Rings. This seems like the kind of movie that I would like. And I know they're based on books that are very well regarded in the librarian and book kids book community. Uh, I'd like to go back and dust off The Black Cauldron as well. Okay. Well, Cole, you've heard me say this several times on the show before, but I think audiences got it wrong when they flocked to see one animated film and didn't flock to see another animated film with pretty much the same exact plot, right? This is the, uh, this you've heard me talk about Megamind versus Despicable Me before. Mm -hmm. In my mind, Megamind is the better film of the two. And this is a film where the bad guy becomes the good guy and uh, it's just so outside of his comfort zone. But instead of minions in this movie, you have Minion, who's voiced by David Cross, also very funny in the movie. And you've got Tina Fey. And how many other times are you going to hear Brad Pitt in a voiceover role uh, playing this superhero that just, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of done being a superhero, right? So he kind of takes an early retirement. But that's one you should check out. And again, I think it's the better of the two movies. I've got one that I rented one time, right? It's not a DVD that's currently on my shelf, but I remember it was on my shelf for longer than it should have been. This was the first time that I experienced Redbox late fees because the one time I watched Crazy Stupid Love back in 2011, I, I remember forgetting it and just putting it on my shelf because I hadn't, it was when Redbox was still very new to me and, you know, Blockbuster was just on its way out. And I, and I remember uh, forgetting to take it back the next day. And, and so if this was still on my shelf, I would dust it off because the one time I watched it, I really, really enjoyed it. And, and when we had our romantic comedy episode, I remember this being one of my favorite rom-coms, but I've only seen it the one time. And I think I should give it a couple more watches before I put it up in that, that upper echelon of movies that I kind of have going in my head. Well, Cole, this one would never be considered a romantic comedy by any stretch of the imagination. But there is an element of love in this film, but it's really just a straight drama with an amazing performance, an Oscar-winning performance, by the way. The movie was nominated for Best Picture. I've seen it once, maybe twice, but uh, this is a film that I remember being really impressed with when it came out. It's not necessarily a feel-good movie, but I guess it is a movie that has elements of love, like I said, and also elements of redemption. And the movie is called Shine with Jeffrey Rush. And this is a film that came out in 1996 about this. It's a biographical film based on uh, the pianist David Helfgott. And he had a mental breakdown in the earlier years of his life. And he spent many years in institutions, but he kind of, he kind of uh, is rejuvenated and uh, is redeemed by the end of the movie. And his life was highlighted in this film. And as I said, Jeffrey Rush won the Academy Award for best actor and boy, oh boy, did he deserve it. It's one worth dusting off and checking out and then maybe dust off the keys of your piano and, and, try your hand at playing the piano again after all these years. I haven't played since I was 11 years old. I mentioned my parents and, and their love of movies kind of being passed on to me and they love the old movies and there are just so many movies from the 40s, 50s and 60s that I watched when I was a very little kid. But I don't know if I can really count that I watched them because it's been so long and I don't remember anything about them. And they're also sitting up on my parents' shelf. And so I, if I were to visit them, I would love to dust off The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Uh, next oh, yeah. week on the program here on Screen Cleaning, we're going to be talking about the AFI's Top 100. And this is a movie that people that know movies say is one of the 100 best. And I know that I've seen it before. But now, with adult eyes, I want to go back and watch this classic, along with so many others that I grew up watching on Turner Classic Movies as a kid. Yeah. Um, I've got just a few more that I want to mention that need some dusting off. And 
kind of similar, kind of an odder choice, an older choice too, a film called Waking Ned Divine. Did you ever see Waking Ned Divine? Cole? I haven't, no. Oh my goodness, Cole. It's close. It's not quite 1999, it's 1998, so it's close to being your favorite year. But you, there are very few movies that have the charm and quirkiness of this film. It's PG. It's one that you should definitely check out. It's about this town, that this tiny town um, in Ireland where this guy, Ned Devine, wins the lottery. His friends go over to his house and realize that he's died while holding his winning lottery ticket. And so they decide that they're all going to share the lottery and all the things that they have to do to try to go into uh, pulling off this heist basically, but Cole, you got to check it out. It is so funny and it's so charming and it'll just leave a smile on your face. So there's waking Ned divine from 1998. Mm -hmm. And then Cole really a movie that is one of my favorite romantic comedies. Um, one that will definitely put a smile on your face. It'll definitely fill you with hope in politics. And you watch this thinking, oh, if only it were this way, right? And it's the movie Dave starring Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver, where his character uh, is uh, looks very much like the president of the United States. And so when the actual, when the president of the United States suffers a stroke, some of the people in that president's cabinet approach this guy who is a social worker and ask him to kind of fill in for the president while they pull the strings, right? It's so charming. He is fantastic in it. Sigourney Weaver is amazing as ever and one that you should check out. Now, Cole, as I was looking through my movies, I was kind of surprised to realize that, well, first of all, let me take a step back. And if you're just joining us, Cole and I are talking about here on Screen Cleaning, we're talking about dusting off the DVDs. You know, we've, we know what's available on streaming, but what about all these old movies that are really good? They're good enough for us to own them, but for some reason or another, we just haven't gotten around to watching them again or very often. Mm -hmm. I own 253 movies. Wow. Uh, a physical copy of a movie, 253 I own 50 digital movies. Of those digital movies, I've never seen three of them. And of those 253 movies, let me just do a quick count here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. There are 12 of the physical movies, of the 253 physical movies that I own that... <laughs> I just never got around to watching in the first place. How does that even happen, Cole? I, I mean, it looks, it's got a great cover on the case looks attractive to you. It's got, you know, a favorite actor or a favorite directory and you just grab it thinking, yeah, I'll watch it. Or maybe it was, you know, on sale or it just fell into your collection somehow. Gosh. So I need to go through these movies and just either get rid of them or finally get around to watching them, right? I mean, listen to these movies that I own that I've never seen. So digitally, there's Logan and The Kingsman and, uh, oh gosh, there's one other. But I, there are three that I purchased digitally that I've just never watched. And they're right there with the click of a button. I could be, Zoom, I could be watching these, right? So of the physical movies I've never seen, Sabrina, the original, The Iron Lady, Invictus, the Music Box, Where the Wild Things Are, Bee Season, East of Eden, The Big Knife, Ever After, A Cinderella Story, Extremely Loud, Incredibly Dangerous, and some Close. other words I can't remember, yeah. Fast Five, and The Elephant Man. Is these that are, the only some of these Fast movies and Furious certain... movie that you own is Fast Five and you've not watched it? <laughs> yes, I think That's I made right. it halfway through it one time and I just never finished it. But some of these movies you would think, gosh, I should have seen at least a few of these by now. Some of these are pretty big movies. But yeah, I've just never gotten around to watching any of them. 
Are are you have you seen any of those films that I just named, Cole? Yeah, I've seen quite a few from your list. Uh, definitely the couple digital ones that you mentioned, Kingsman and Logan, of course. Uh, some movies that are on mine that I one that I know that you have seen is uh, I I really I love Ghostbusters, right? Um, and so I found yeah. on sale a deal where you get Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters too. Um, but I haven't gotten around to actually watching that second one. What? And so it's sitting on Cole, my shelf just waiting. Cole, listen to me. You owe it to yourself. This is a movie I grew up with. I don't know. Maybe it's it's one of those things where, gosh, when you try to approach it from an as an adult, it might not when be the same as off. discovering <laughs> it as a kid. Yeah. But it was so quotable in my house. We never I, I actually watched Ghostbusters 2 more than I watched the original Ghostbusters. We quoted it. Peter McNichol totally steals the show in Ghostbusters 2. And uh, if you don't know who Peter McNichol is, you owe it to yourself to look him up. And more importantly, just watch him in Ghostbusters 2. I've I've heard a lot of good things about the TV show The Clone Wars, and my roommate and I are actually just getting around to watching it on Disney+. Plus. You can see all six seasons, and now I think it's the seventh that they are currently coming out with. I've owned the first season on DVD for quite some time because it, it was one that just a roommate did leave behind, and I know I like Star Wars, and I've heard good things, and so I, I put it on my shelf, but I've yet to see it. I, I love horror movies, and everyone that knows me knows it, and... Uh, for my birthday one time, I was given one of those just Walmart DVDs where it's got 10 generic horror movies that you've never heard of on it. Sure. And I've watched like six of them now, and they're all pretty terrible, but I do enjoy <laughs> all of them. I've got four more to go in that little collection. And then finally, the last movie that's sitting on my shelf that I haven't watched all of them. Uh, I-, I went to an Oscars party and got second place in our little, like, write down who you think is going to win competition, which there were, like, 10 or 15 kids there, and so I I take a lot of pride in that. And for second place, I was given uh, a Blu-ray copy of Oscar-winning short films. And that is still sitting on my shelf. I've seen a few of them, but there's a couple shorts that I still haven't gotten around to that are on that DVD. Okay. Well, Cole, I think uh, as we've done a little spring cleaning with our movies, we've discovered that, gosh, maybe we ought to take a break on the digital movies for now and revisit some of these. I'm just looking at this list and some of these movies that we've talked about. I'm going to do my darndest to try to get my wife my wife to watch The X-Files, and I don't think I'll have to twist her arm very much to rewatch either Dave or The Rainmaker. We both love those movies. And I'm sure if you went through your cabinets or your folders or your DVD boxes, wherever you keep your movies, I'm sure you'd find that uh, there are plenty of movies that you need to revisit as well. Well, when we return, Cole and I have decided that, you know, only a handful of these movies can actually make it on our physical shelf. And uh, we are excited to talk about those. You know, after you've gotten rid of some of the others, you've cleaned out the cupboards and you do that spring cleaning, which movies are left and which movies are you going to hold on to? That's up next here on Screen Cleaning. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. They called the Ghostbusters and the end control. Had them throwing parties for a bunch of children. Well, all the while, the slime was under the building. So they packed up and glue, got a grip, came equipped, grabbed the proton packs on the back, and they split. Yes, that wonderful score from the film Rocky. I wonder why we're playing Rocky, Cole. Well, because it's five movies that are on my shelf right now that I want to talk about. As movie fans, we look at the DVDs, you know, and and we've talked about dusting them off and some of the movies we haven't gotten to. But really... For me, my movie shelf is sacred. This is, to me, a representation of almost who I am as a person, the kind of movies that I like. And when I've kind of, you know, gone to my grandparents' house or gone to my parents' house and curated my specific collection that I own and that I display, these are all movies that are important to me. And so our challenge for each other is to pick 10 or so, you know, being a little bit generous because we love movies, but... Pick 10 or so movies that you think really represent you, your tastes, your choices. And if you had a very small shelf, what would those movies be? 
Yeah. Yeah. I love this spring cleaning theme that we've got going on here today. For me, this is really tough. And I've limited to limited it to the movies that I own. There are plenty of movies that I would love to own, but I don't yet. But of the movies that I own, here are the ones that after all the spring cleaning is done, I've dusted everything off. I've maybe gotten rid of some. And I've decided that I'm going to put these ones up so that when the friends come over, they know that these are the movies that uh, we should be watching. And I could put up movies that are very classic, like Rocky or Rear Window and Jaws, or even That Thing You Do, which I really love. And we talked about that earlier on the program. But here here are 10 of the movies that I would want to keep up. And in fact, I have a couple of these posters on my wall in our movie room. We've got The Great Escape, which I've always told people is my favorite movie of all time. The Three Amigos, or just Three Amigos, exclamation point. One of the greatest comedies of all time, in my opinion. Forrest Gump, which is such an epic, adventurous, uh, feel-good, heartwarming movie that uh, it has to be on the shelf, right? Psycho, not a feel-good movie, but still <laughs> one of the greatest movies ever made, in my opinion, and one of my favorites. One that is... Uh, that don't not enough people know enough about that they should definitely check out a Ryan Gosling movie. I never thought I would put a Ryan Gosling movie on this list, but Lars and the Real Girl is has become one of my favorite movies of all time. Defending Your Life with Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep. You owe it to yourself to watch this PG-rated movie about the afterlife. It's a romantic comedy, too. Uh, the Princess Bride. One of the greatest movies ever made. The last time I watched this, Cole, I remember thinking, this is exactly what every movie-going experience should be like. This movie has everything in it that you'd ever want. Up, Up came out a year after my wife and I got married, and so it was the perfect time of life to discover this movie. Mystery Men, a movie that should have done much better than it did. It's such a great superhero comedy. Check it out. And The Fugitive. That movie that you can watch anytime it's on TV, even if you own it on DVD, you will sit down and watch it in progress. Those are the movies that would be on my shelf, Cole. I I love uh, I love the Mystery Men, 1999. You mentioned Iron Giant before, and that's one of mine, also from 1999. Uh, in in the big old VHS box, I've got that Babe and Pokemon, the first movie, movies from my childhood that that I own right now and that would make my short list for movies on my, on my shelves. I'm going to cheat a little bit because I have all five Rocky movies in a box set matching VHS tapes. I also Ooh. have the first six Star Trek movies all. And I actually, I stole, well, I was, I was allowed to take these from my grandparents' house where they came out after the sixth one came out and, on the front of the boxes, if you line them up one through six, you can see the Enterprise. Like part of it's on one tape as they go on, and and they kind of make a cool visual on my shelf. And then right next to Star Trek, I've got the first three episodes, four, five, and six. That is of Star Wars before before George Lucas did any of his digital changes or special editions. I've got those original tapes sitting on my shelf as well. So. Three franchises, but I think it's five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen movies I got away with there. And then, of course, there's my horror movie collection sitting in one DVD case. I've got Saw one through seven, and also the It TV miniseries, which is two movies of its own. Um, I've got the Firefly season one DVD sitting right next to Serenity the movie on DVD. And then finally, the last movie I've got sitting there on my shelf is the most recent one to my shelf. This is the only digital copy that I own, and it's because I went out and bought it the day that it became available, the day that it was in Walmart. I I left my quarantine to go get Cats 2019. The Blu-ray and digital and DVD copy is sitting right there because I uh, was the only person to love Cats, and that that uh, that deserves a spot on my shelf. Cole, I'm surprised if your spring cleaning 
was not all that clean in the end because I'm convinced if you put that on your shelf, it would be surrounded by a bunch of fur balls <laughs> and hair and Wow. We tried, to pick movies, we tried to pick movies that we thought would be on our shelves that wouldn't make everyone else's. And I was very, very basic with pitch, picking Star Wars. So I thought that I would go a little more unique to me with cats. <laughs> okay. Well, I can't knock you that, Cole. I can't knock you that. Well, a couple of other movies that w- we didn't mention, but that would certainly be on somebody's shelf, would be the Harry Potter films. And that's going to lead us right into our uh, Panning for Good segment when we return here on Screen Cleaning, the Spring Cleaning Edition. There's good in them there hills. Welcome back to Screen Cleaning, the Spring Cleaning Edition, and uh, I'm so happy to talk to you about some of the some more of the good news that's been coming out of Hollywood. We started the the show today by sharing some of the many pieces of good news that we see, and right now we know that everybody's trying to rally behind caretakers as they fight to stay safe and to keep all the rest of us safe as well. And so I I had to share this with you, Cole. There are these Harry Potter studio tour buses that that are usually used to uh, transfer people to the Warner Brothers lot where they can see the making of, of of Harry Potter in the UK. Now... They're being used to transport uh, key national health service workers for free between hospitals that are dealing with the coronavirus. I love this as one of the many examples of, of things that people and businesses are doing to support the healthcare providers. And we would encourage you to look for ways to support them yourselves. And I just, I love examples like this where we get creative, you know, obviously we can't use these for business purposes. So let's, let's just use them for a humanitarian purpose. And yeah, it just one more reason to love Harry Potter, right, Cole? (laughs) It's wonderful and it's uplifting. And that's what we try to do on the program every single week on Screen Cleaning. And we're going to be back next week to give you even more of the very best in entertainment. We're going to take a closer look at the AFI list, the American Film Institute list of the 100 greatest movies of all time. And we're going to see how many of those films I've seen and Cole has seen and how many we haven't. And uh, we might have our, our work cut out for us, Cole, because 100 movies, that's a lot. And But they're really good movies. And so we'll be talking about those next week on the show. Just as you said, Cole, we're here each and every week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on BYU Radio. Google the uh, Screen Cleaning Podcast. And we're so thrilled that we could be here today to give you Screen Cleaning, the Spring Cleaning Edition. We'll be back next week. Until then, I'm Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wessinger. We'll see you then. (laughs) 